Wait, wait. You you want me to be like funny, haha, or funny? What I'd do with David Tennant and Nathan Fillion with two hours and a bottle of baby oil? Oh, oh, okay. Um, hi. This is Julie Maris from Wicked Unscripted, and here comes Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make a duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. It is Talkcast 151, and it's creepier than hell night here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51 on sub-level 451, Buck Burning and Frogrick Pavilion, I Am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight are the usual suspects and a couple of surprises. The Revere Time Vortex is in flux tonight. Violent soundboard vixen Kriana is evidently out with rickets. Taking her place tonight from the stacks of her personal silent zone in the dank dungeon reading room. Keeping cool, calm, and collected as she presses her little buttons for us. It's on story, The minute you said that, I got a message that said, Soundboard has quit unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're gonna have to pull oh. MacGyver. Chewing gum and scotch tape tonight. There will be no more background music Arf. for the rest of the show. <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, the man who has his own personal water park, or it's called, he's sweating because it's hot up there. It is Illustrator X. So does this mean I have to make my own sheep noises tonight? Hey. <laughs> and the woman who hits him every time he tries to make a sheep noise, his sweet undead spouse, the woman with more heat in one hand than Beelzebub's testicle, it's the dead redhead. I'm always creepy. And bad. Ow! Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Joining us tonight after an absence from the Outpost Gallifrey Nymphomaniac Catch and Release Center in Sleepy Hollow, New York's Exit 7 off the Van Wick Expressway, the Hawkeye of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. It's not Hank Pym. It's yeah. a week Java. <laughs> oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you have you, son of a bitch. Nice to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. It's good to have a uh, night to talk about all the stuff that's been building up in like my Downton brain. Abby? Oh God! Glad you said brain. <laughs> Our Downton guest. Abbey starts again know, this I'm weekend. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Our guest tonight is a horror writer from the New England Horror Writers Association. It's LL Soros. LL, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it. And you have to put up with our idiocy for the next half hour. Feel free to join in. Oh, sure. You, you know, it's funny because we were sitting here uh, before the show started and we're trying to figure out how to do the logistics now that Kriana's down with rickets for the night. And uh, we never really decided where the hell we were actually going to start the show. <laughs> wow. So uh, I know where I'd like to start with. Uh, 
my two favorite people in the universe, J.J. Uh, Abrams and James Cameron. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> two people that will never be on this show. Uh, thanks to the... Yeah, thanks to Norman Spinrad. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I think we're going to start with J.J. Abrams. and Yeah, and you know what? You can knock J.J. Abrams all you want, and you probably should because he deserves it. <laughs> but um, I'll be honest. I, I watched the uh, the web release of the pilot of his new show Revolution, and it was awesome. I was I was riveted for the whole thing, and that's kind of indicative of J.J. Abrams. He will put out a great uh, pilot with a great concept, and then proceed through the course of the first season or maybe the second season to completely ruin it. Yep. Now this is about Prince's backup band, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who wouldn't want to watch that um, show? The the great thing about this show, well, I, I, I'm surprised that you haven't talked about it, but um, the, the concept is that physics goes crazy, and all of a sudden, electricity doesn't work, and the whole world goes to hell. And, uh, and then 15 years later, we meet up with the characters introduced in the first five minutes, and they're all living in a colony, and they've got, you know, corn growing in their front yard. Like, you know, are they in, damn hippies? They are. They're damn hippies. <laughs> and and then they get into a little bit more damn trouble when when somebody starts looking for one of them, and then eventually he dies. And uh, you know the 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 real idea is that. Uh, some people somewhere, this this little uh, group or something, has this ability to turn electricity on in a limited space, and and I think that that's really the driving force of the whole show. What happened? Why did it happen? Who did it? Whatever. Okay, so it's, it's very reminiscent. We still get our emails. The event, right? From yeah. Two years yeah. Which about four episodes into it, you just wanted to stab yourself in the head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but like, I think I think that like Lost, this is going to be one of those shows that um, that has the ability to bring people who are not interested in the genre into a science fiction show because it focuses on on you know building this complex world and developing characters and it's very Lost esque. I mean, you can almost hear those numbers going in the background. And, uh, you know, I, I expect them to find a hatch any minute. And the polar bear will come out and attack them. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek II is going to be the first Star Trek movie ever without Laura Ortiz. Holy! <laughs> what? Don't, what? don't understand what I'm saying. Laura Ortiz is known for saying the word, Colin! And this will be Trek Two, was going to be simply called Into Darkness, and for a while they'd actually considered not even saying Star Trek Two Into Darkness or Star Trek Into Darkness, just calling it Into Darkness, which I think is the most beautiful idea in the world. When you have a wonderful franchise, don't even fucking mention it in the title. What a great idea! I I think uh, it is a great idea. I really, uh, I, I do. I think, I think it's a great idea. I, <laughs> I mean, it, that's the thing, right? J.J. Abrams does this thing. That's his thing. He brings people into a, a franchise 
or or a a concept for a show that wouldn't normally watch it. And, and I think that he did that with Star Trek. He got a lot of people interested in Star Trek who would never have watched it otherwise. And you know that might that might have been a good plan. In the in the beginning, I could see why they sat around a table and said, "Hey, let's do this." But but as the second, it's the second movie in his little in his playground world thing. Yeah, and I feel like if he was going to do it, he had to do it for the first one, or he can't. Because when you have a sequel, you have to know that it's a sequel. Or people get mad. That's true. That's true. Um, because, yeah, otherwise so, you've got Prometheus yeah, issues. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Which I still think was is, horribly... Is it a sequel? Is it a prequel? Is it related at all? We don't know. What, did it, what was that opening scene all about? Who knows? <laughs> Meanwhile, over in James Cameronville... Jesus Christ. <laughs> My is he going to remake Piranha 2? <laughs> no, no. Because already a remake. However, James Cameron's special effects house, Digital Domain, yeah, filed Chapter Eleven bankruptcy on Tuesday. How? How? The company is based on past debts and losses that are measured in the Are you sitting down? Tens of millions of dollars, <laughs> putting three hundred people out of work, and now will be selling off pieces of the company. Well, there's that. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. It was my understanding that people went to go see Avatar. What? What the hell? Yeah, yeah. And you know how many times did they release uh, Titanic? Three, four, five. How many times can those people drown? Isn't that the joke? Anyway. See, this is this is Celine Dion's fault. She kept saying they'll they'll go on, and you see what happens there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And Java, this is going to affect you deeply. Uh, the projects they're in the middle of right now is Ender's Game. Yeah, it's true. And and actually, a lot of other um, really Uh-oh. interesting because I mean, it's a it's a it's a special effects company. I mean, it's it's kind of like a LucasArts type thing. Exactly. And so, and it, it's it's industrial light and magic. It's just James James Cameron's thing. So. It, it, and and we got to. You also got to take into account. Th- this is a company that deals with hundreds of millions of dollars, and their bankruptcy is not nearly the kind of uh, money that they're bringing in. I don't know why this is happening. Um, it's it when it, when you think I about know. it. I know it's the bath escape thing that he had specially built to go down into the trench. Could have been. You know that's that's that might actually be it. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. I mean, um, Searchlight went public yeah. recently, and so and they raised a whole bunch of money uh, on their first round of fundraising. And I mean, they, like eight hundred sixty million dollars is what the news story said. So I, I'm really I'm really confused about why this is um, why this is is happening. I'm sure that it's. I'm sure that it's some kind of. I'm pretty sure that it's some kind of weird financial thing where they're in order to keep working on their projects, they have to do this or something like that. I don't know. Right until, but until we get better news, it's Ender's Game over. No, the stuff the digital domain was doing on Ender's Game is just 
you know, production stuff. So it's Ender's Game will still happen. It's just a matter of who's going to be doing all of the work for it. Hmm. I don't know. It's, it's going to be very strange. I really am not. Well, you know. Sp- speaking of killing things off, in, in comics this week, um, the comics world was shocked. Shocked, shocked, say. To learn that Marvel Comics has killed off the character of Professor X for. It's either the third or fourth time. I can't remember which, but. They think that he might remain dead until the next X-Men movie comes out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I well, read that and I was like, really? They killed him? Mm, again? That's, again? But that's after he's been... This, remember, he hadn't showed up in anything for some time and I kept saying, where's Professor X? And they're like, oh, he's disappeared. And I'm like, Where? Well, until a writer has a need for is him. He write, is he riding on Godzilla's head and that's why they can't find him? I mean. you, you really have to, have to think about death in the comic book, book world as, you know, Deep Freeze. I mean, he's just he, waiting for somebody to do something with him. It's true. Right. So, My yeah, big question for the comic books this week is did Superman knock up Wonder Woman yet? But that's a whole other story. That uh, is another story. Magic? That we really should talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm sure there's some, there's some kind of Amazonian birth control. That yeah, well, all I know is that and... we'll have to do it in the Fortress of Solitude because the backseat of the invisible jet can still see everything. Norman Finrad <laughs> wrote a, a wonderful short story called Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. Yes! <laughs> and it's basically yes. a short story that details the biological impossibility of Superman ever actually copulating with a female. Yeah, but that was with Lois. That's why yeah. he couldn't sleep with a human mm. person, because, yeah, it would... Uh, Zombrarian, you should close uh, your ears, because it gets I'm, disgusting. So, de- <laughs> decades before internet slash fic... <laughs> What's this authors, authors were legitimizing the form. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh my God! <laughs> Who brought this up? Wait a minute. Okay, let's no, bring that... some class to the proceedings. I want to talk some? about Joss Whedon any. and Shakespeare. Two things right. that class oh. any joint. So. Oh, is, I am so looking forward I'm to so this. I'm so excited. Um, Joss Whedon. <laughs> Famously made uh, a movie version of Much Ado About Nothing. Um, Otherwise known as Tended Shakespeare, which is about how long it took to it, shoot and it. it. Yeah, he <laughs> 10 days um, at yeah. his house just for fun with some of his very favorite actors. And everyone's been like chomping at the bit to see this movie ever since they heard it was made. And they finally got a distributor. Lionsgate, of course, has um, agreed to distribute the movie. And there's no news beyond Yay. that that Lionsgate's going to do it. And I trust them, and I trust Joss, and I trust Billy S. So it's going to be good. In Joss, we trust. There's no question about this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will, will it be as good as Keanu Reeves' performance in, in the uh, Kenneth Branagh version? Okay. Shut! 
Shut your Kenneth mouth. Kenneth made one <laughs> mistake sorry, in his life and you had to favorite. bring that bring it up here. Jeez, X. Thank there goes my nightmares again. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it, haven't you? She's now going into apoplexy. But it's okay. We'll see. We'll see how this this you know I, I don't know. They haven't said what kind of a release it's gonna be. I'm gonna see I'm gonna say it's a limited release. But at the same time, did did you oh. get a chance to see Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, absolutely. Johnny Where's Depp, the... creepy. No, that's the secret window. No, no, I didn't see Cabin in the Woods. No, Joss Whedon with uh, killing off teenagers who deserved it. <laughs> it was like a really good episode of Angel. It was a great episode of Angel, but I mean, you know, it was the kind of thing where Joss kind of went out of his comfort zone, and you know, because he's not a big horror movie genre guy. Fun. And it was a fun movie, I thought. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of like Joss when he sticks to what he does best. But every time he takes kind of a left turn and goes someplace else, it's really interesting stuff. So, you know, much ado, I'm waiting. Uh, and I'm happily waiting for it. And, and I really can't wait to see what happens with it. Agreed. So, uh, the A&E channel, never one to deal with genre whatsoever under any circumstances. Please, have you seen Has Duck Duck Dynasty? <laughs> there is so much horror in that show. Talk about it. <laughs> they, they've ordered a pilot for a, a uh, supernatural crime drama called Occult. Uh, which is a little bit out of their comfort zone. Now, there's good news and there's bad news here. The uh, bad news is that they say it's like X-Files and Fringe. No, that's not the bad news at all. The bad news is it's being produced by Michael Bay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Good news is it's written by X-Files alumni James Wong. I thought I think I'm going to switch that. I'm going to switch that and say the good news that it, is that it's being produced by Michael Bay because I've always wanted a television show that was just explosions. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Can you imagine a 42-minute long show of just explosions? That would be awesome. Wow. I think the good Punctuated. news is that if Michael, if Michael Bay's doing it, that means that Roland Emmerich isn't. <laughs> More importantly than the show is, of course, what kind of commercials we'll be showing. I mean, this is going to be beer commercials and uh, yeah. you know football commercials and video game commercials where you shoot people in the head. It's going to be is awesome. Yeah, which is what A&E is known for. <laughs> Going after that Spike TV demographic. Because <laughs> why not? I, th I uh. thought Spike TV is now just the Bond channel. Isn't that what they just do all the time? <laughs> Pretty Bond much. Well, until they have some more of those uh, like classic Warriors things where it's like Genghis Khan versus Joan of Arc. And we blow, awesome. up, we blow up a pig carcass to see who'd win. I would love to see... Genghis Khan versus Joan of Arc. I think that would be that hilarious. Would, that was a I would great watch show. that sci-fi original movie. There we go. That was Steffi. some of the best stuff ever, Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> I'm still waiting for, you know, uh, Sharktopus versus Mansquito. We're not talking about Siffy. We're not talking about Siffy. So, you know, while A&E has ordered that pilot, CW, not to be outdone, as if that's uh -oh. human possible, is, is ordering a monster high school drama. Wait, is it uh, based on okay. the um, 
the toy line and the cartoons, the Monster High toys and cartoons? Oh, this is... You no, know, this, this is... Here's, here's the worst thing about this one. Okay, here's bad news, good news. Uh, the executive consultant is Catherine Hardwick, who, if you don't know it, was the executive director for the Twilight series. Uh, Just oh, God. The producer. Uh, she, that was not a very well-directed yeah, film. Nope. Josh <laughs> Ford, the co-creator. Huh? Chuck. I'm not sure whether that's good or bad. Uh, but here's, here's possibly the good thing about this. Brett Easton Ellis, who uh, wrote American Psycho, is actually writing the project. Yeah, and that might make it okay, except for the fact that um, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's not okay at all. Brett Easton Ellis is not a very good writer. Really? Didn't they do this like 30, 40 years ago and call it the Groovy or Ghoulies? Or Teen Wolf. <laughs> or Teen Wolf 2? Because Jason Bateman is my kind of guy. Die Wolfier? Yeah. <laughs> But you know, we could we could go on and on with this, and we probably shouldn't. Well, by all means, the Drac Pack, uh, something <laughs> called Buffy, Ginger Snaps, uh, kind of. I love Ginger Snaps. I'll watch the whole trilogy anytime. So I, I have, coming on that time of year. The question I have is: there are so many decent, really, really good TV shows in Canada and in Great Britain right now. And Siffy finally got, uh, God, what was the Lost name of that Girl? show? The best show in yes, the history of television? Uh, <laughs> except for the last season, which was it horrible. Wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was mediocre. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. It was really bad. It was horrible. It was uh, probably the worst thing I've seen. There were not seen, enough boobs Except in for three. possibly Continuum. Continuum takes the cake for the worst show that I've ever seen in my life. In Britain, they have a show called Misfits. Yes! And Misfits is the show that heroes should have been. That's right. Absolutely. Terrific show. They've gone through three seasons. They're about to go into season four of it. And it hasn't aired anywhere. I I can't believe they're doing a season four. How many more people did they have They had a perfect ending to season three. There was a great ending to season three. <laughs> I mean, I was like, it's done. I feel bad that it's done, but that's a great no way to wrap. I can't believe it. Get it. <laughs> if you get it, you're not gonna give a crap because it is such a cheap series. Yeah, don't don't yes. want don't we don't want the US version. Well no, I I want Seriously. them to do what they've done with Doctor Who, which is just bring it over. Or what they've done with Lost Girl. Just bring it well, over. Speaking yeah. of which, if they do a spin-off, it would have to be called Danzig. But I, I really, I, I missed, I missed all of your, I missed all of your Doctor Who, um, coming back to television kind of awesome stuff Allow that you talked about for the past couple. Of years. And that was basically it. Yeah. Um, the last wow. episode. The, the last I episode. I just went deaf. <laughs> Has everybody seen the last episode? Can can I spoil it? Dinosaurs in space, go for it. It was awesome. The first one, <laughs> the first episode, <laughs> the first episode was 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 great and also kind of weird. 
and I'm not sure how to feel about it yet. It's kind of like that uh, that that girl you met at the ball bar who might be schizophrenic, but she's really cute. And, <laughs> and you're like, I could hit so that even if she's going to stab me in my sleep. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, That's how I felt about the first episode. But the last one, I was like, this is awesome. I'm bouncing in my seat as I'm watching this show because it's so cool. I'm having such a good time. It was really, really the great. The, show, the ending of that that particular episode, classic. Absolutely classic Doctor Who in every sense of the word. Yep. X? What? Go ahead, X. We're ready. I thought it was the best title they've had in a long time. <laughs> Except it was a ripoff of Snakes on a Plane. I mean, really. That's well, what it was. It was an homage or a parody thereof. It wasn't... <laughs> and. An homage. I like that. It was an homage to snakes on a plane, except for there was no no one came in and said, I'm motherfucking tired of these motherfucking snakes. <laughs> I am motherfucking tired of these motherfucking dinosaurs on this motherfucking spaceship. I feel like, that Cleopatra, like Cleopatra said it, and it was cut from the final edit. <laughs> you know. That would have been funny. That'll be when he regenerates into Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> best Doctor Who ever. Basically. One, one of the best of, of uh, Matt Smith's uh, tenure, yeah. I think, without a doubt. I, I'm, I, have, I, have, I think I might have switched my favorite <gasps> Doctor. <gasps> wow. I don't know. David, oh. Tennant, David Tennant has a place in my heart. But you know what? Matt Smith is a lot more fun. Well, this time he was, but not usually. Yeah, he is usually. He's usually more fun than he David took Tennant. His usual is. silliness and just kind of dialed it up, which was great. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And not only that, but I will say this: I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I see a little bit of this this Doctor ish, um, you know, even Eccleston and Tennant coming into the, Matt Smith's character, where he's starting to get a little bit dark. Oh my yes. god, he's so scary. Yeah, we are starting to darken him up. This this whole this whole companion thing is really, really driving him nuts. The the, the, uh, the impishness seems to have been tamped down quite heavily. Well, finally they're that well, and you he, know and, the pawns well, are getting to him like they've been getting to me since they showed up. And that's Smith's <laughs> ability to swing back and forth between that absolute anger and like cold hard bamf behavior and he swings right from that uh. to absolutely silly and ridiculous back and forth and back and forth it's wonderful to watch in my opinion yeah, yeah. i like and the british robots oh, i thought so the fun. the british robots were very funny yeah the they very were... douglas adams mm. <laughs> <laughs> they were exactly. I, I saw. Uh, I saw Douglas Adams in that definitely. Yeah. Listen, before we get to the poll, uh, Zombrarian, you had something else you wanted to talk about. Uh... Oh, oh, that one. Oh, okay. Yes, dear. That one. <laughs> that one. That one right there. Oh, dude. That one, <laughs> that that one, that one right, right there. there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna talk. It's gonna Woo! be Zombrarian talks about Joss Whedon night. Um. Because the Buffyverse, thanks to the comics, is getting a male slayer. Very excited. io9 had um, an interview, and 
um, in that interview, they talked about um, this new person. He's not a called slayer. That rule is still the same, but he's decided that he wants to be a slayer. Uh, they said that he's kind of in the same group with Xander and Wesley and kind of gun um, because he doesn't have any supernatural powers, but he's still... Oh, so well, he's not gone. a... Nobody has supernatural powers anymore, right? So he's now. not he's a not, slayer. He's not a, okay. he's not a capital S slayer. He's a lowercase s slayer, is how they described it. Um, but the really cool thing about... Wow. Rain and muffins. Okay. The really cool thing about this character <laughs> is um, it's going to be a gay teenager, which um, I thought was really fantastic because... So Andrew's going to date him? <laughs> I love wow. Andrew. I, just, I think it's fantastic that um, they're taking one of their gay characters mm. and putting them in this role of I don't have anything special okay. about me, but that's cool. I'm awesome anyway. <laughs> okay, I Fair didn't enough. articulate that right. well. It sounded better in my head. <laughs> 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 You're fine, man. You're absolutely fine. I Which brings us to make a, a play. When, when people when people uh, think about things in their head and everything that they think about sounds really good, sometimes we. Call I didn't them crazy. say everything I think about sounds good. I said that sounded. I know, good. but but if there is a person who does that a lot and they are not yet a teenager, they may may be a preteen mad scientist waiting to happen. Oh, what a slick segue. That was a mad segue. I missed those. Oh, was that slick? I'm back, baby. We're going to call you Clinton, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's slick Java. (laughs) Go ahead, Dead Redhead. Talk about this week's. Okay, so. This week, we didn't generate as much interest, which I was the dead redhead was a little upset about. But I'll go on for those who did spend their... Persevere, baby. Persevere. Huh? Persevere for us. That's right. So, what we asked was, who's your favorite preteen mad scientist? And we had quite a list. The problem is that we have a five-way tie for second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So, we will read those uh, fairly quickly here. Uh, we have Barry Ween, who, yes! who X is very excited about. Barry Ween, who's a comic strip, uh, a comic book preteen man scientist. Oliver Wendell Jones from Bloom County. We were glad to see people remembered who he was. Invader Zim, who I was very excited about personally, because we're hoping to meet him at Rock and Shock, the voice he's, of he's Invader a, Zim. Okay, then. The voice of Invader Zim. <laughs> I know, he's a fictional character. I get that, X. We've had that discussion before. <laughs> he's not Voltaire. <laughs> I got it in anyway. Um, Mandark, who is, if anybody knows, is Dexter's main... Uh, nemesis. Nemesis, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. And Stewie Griffin... From Family Guy. Yeah, he's really dropped the whole mad scientist aspect of the character. Thank God. 
See, that was one of the few <laughs> things winning. I appreciated about that show. No. So that was a five-way tie. That was a five-way tie out who, of all that. Who won? There is one winner, and he has bested his nemesis, apparently, in here. Is is it that little is it that little uh, egghead kid in the foghorn leghorn cartoons? It is not that little egghead kid. It is Dexter from Dexter's Lab. Oh, absolutely! Yay! <laughs> Thank you to everyone who voted. There'll be another poll up soon. And when the poll is up, uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, uh, make your opinions loud and clear. Hopefully, we'll have something that you have an opinion about. That's right. Mm. Somehow, kid scientists just didn't hit a nerve, and I'm not sure no, why. I, I mean, Invader Zim versus Dexter, I would have thought that would have been a I big I feel like fight. Zim is an adult, though. I feel like they said that on the show. Maybe that's why people didn't... <coughs> well, he's not a tall one. Well, you tell that our to voters, our voters. I'm not going to say what I... Never mind. No, no, you don't. You don't no. go there. Which brings us to our guest. Uh, I'd like to reintroduce you to LL Source. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Been straight hey. Hey. Uh, our readers and listeners were introduced to you early this week with your short story, Beyond the Fog, which we published on our Fiction Friday on Monday, <laughs> which is in itself... Which is in itself a very interesting... <laughs> I'm just full of technical difficulties. <laughs> And I've got to tell you, Beyond the Fog is probably one of the creepiest stories we've ever had in our fiction series. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and pain, wow, that, that, i got to say, that one made me wince a little. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Uh, more than, and for you, that's quite a bit. I mean, you know. Uh, with your background in horror the way yours is, I, I was kind of concerned with that. So... <sighs> I went through your website, and, and I started looking at some of the stuff that you've done, and you're one of the few horror writers who's actually partnered up with your wife to write stuff. Um, well, basically what happened is we, we both write fiction, we both write horror, and um, I just thought it was interesting to maybe pitch that kind of idea of a book where, you know, a husband and wife are both, both have stories in the, in the book, and then there's also a novella we wrote together. And the whole, obviously, the title in sickness is like perfect, and it, <laughs> yeah. it just seemed like a good concept, anyway. You know, and, and the subtitle is "Stories from a Very Dark Place." Yeah, this, for the most part, the stories are pretty dark. Yeah, I, you've uh, you've been writing in the in the horror genre for uh, ten, twelve years now. Yeah, my first story was, uh, I think, two thousand. And it was on the old GothicNet site back when they were uh, paying pro rates, and they were a pretty respectable site. And uh, yeah, since then I've I've been writing pretty steadily. What, what I I, I have to say I have respect for any writer who mentions Takashi Miike because people know that I <laughs> I love Takashi Miike, and he is not everybody's cup of sake. Mm. Well, I think Audition's like one of the best movies ever. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I love that movie. I still can't get through the last fifteen minutes. I I just gotta get. <laughs> oh, the part where she says "kitty, kitty, kitty." Oh boy. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> now she's gonna have nightmares. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I thought I thought she was really sexy, actually. Uh, well, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> she was. Okay. 
Okay. Well, give us some new nightmares here. Tell us about Life Rage. Okay, uh, Life Rage is not the first novel I've written, but it's the first novel that I am going to have published. It's going to be coming out by Nightscape Press, and we're going to be debuting it at KillerCon, um, which is next week, I guess, next Thursday it starts in Vegas. So that's kind of a cool way to start, you know, to unveil the book. Um, it's basically about uh, several different characters, and it goes back and forth. One of them is um, a guy who's like an anchor management psychologist specialist, and uh, but he's also, unbeknownst to him, he's also kind of a rage demon who is very good at his work because he basically just siphons off everybody's rage into himself. Nice. And, and it gets to a point in the book where uh, he kind of like overflows, and that's when things get nasty. And there's a couple other characters. There's uh, another character who is a woman named Viv, and she's a, a kind of a demon as well who uh, is kind of a succubus. When she has sex with people, she takes their souls and kills them. But she's actually the <laughs> she's actually one of the heroes of the book, which is strange enough. And there's also the seven. Movie. Sorry. Oh no, no problem. No. Oh, I was just saying, Shades of the Movie, Liquid Sky. If you ever saw that oh! one. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, go on. I'm sorry. Oh, and yeah, and there's a couple of like uh, human characters in it as well who are involved, and it, it's very character centric. Um, hopefully you really care about these people as you read about them, but, um, there's also plenty of gore and lots of explicit sex. So Perfect. if that's, your, if that's your cup of tea, it, it covers all the bases. Absolutely. So where did this come from? I mean, is this just one of those things where it's like, take my parking space. I will write a whole chapter about how you will die. Well, I actually, <laughs> I actually wrote the book back, uh, around 2000. And uh, oh, really? it's, it's just have a very long, convoluted history as far as trying to get it published. And um, back then, ra road rage was a big deal. And they just coined the term, and it just seemed like it was an excuse just to go nuts on people. And there was a lot of other, there was black rage, white rage, women rage, male, male rage. And it just seemed like uh, they had names for everything. And everything seemed to kind of have a, a past, like, oh... You know, I I just had road rage, so like, I, you know, oh, oh, that's okay, like that, like an excuse, and I think that's where part of the story came from. I've also always been really heavily into like um, Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde, and even like the Hulk stuff like that. Just these um, right. characters who, which Sam Wayne, the main character in the book, is you know he, he seems normal, but he also has a very dark, violent side, and that's that's part of the book as well. Wow, that make well that makes sense. How is it working with New England horror writers, Ello? Because we've had some of their folks on before, especially like Christy, um, Christy Schooner. Schooner, yes, and we love Christy. I always want to make sure oh, I she's say great. her name properly because yeah. she has several names. And I always want to say them properly. <laughs> but um, what's it like working for those guys? Um, I was actually the co-chair for about three years. And uh, everybody I, I met through that organization has been great. Actually, Stacy Longo Harris, who I yeah. believe is, oh yes, yeah. has either been on your show or was going to be on your show. Yeah, is the person who, on. she uh, she's the one who recommended that I get in touch with you guys. So, and she's great. She's really talented. I mean, uh, there's so many talented people involved in the group. Oh yeah. Oh, we love those guys. 
Uh, in fact, um, we're looking forward to seeing him at the uh, Rock and Shock in Worcester uh, next month. Are you going to be there? Uh, definitely. In fact, uh, my second novel is going to be coming out hopefully at Rock and Shock, and oh. it's called it's called Rock and Roll, and it's something totally different. And uh, so that'll be kind of exciting for me as well. Well, now I saw that you had a, a collection. You you uh, had a story in a collection of. Um, horror rock stories and you did a story about slayer yeah um basically what that was was we we just the stories are named after bands yeah but they but they don't necessarily have anything to do with the bands themselves oh so i just thought i mean just uh i was like oh my god all i used to do is describe an album cover for 20 pages yeah (laughs) although i i have to admit that there is a scene in slayer where um, it does rain blood. Nice! Which I kind of had to do. I really didn't have a choice. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> so you've got two novels coming out in the next couple of months. Yeah, I do. So that's that. I'm pretty psyched about that. Considering it, um, you know, I've written novels for a long time now, and this is finally, they're finally starting to get published. So it seems like it's, you know, it's happening all at once. It's kind of cool. It's kind of like uh, overdue. Oh, I and hear that. How are people going to be able to, to get a hold of these, L.O.? Because we talk on this show a lot about how the, the new media and how um, we have people who will come on and talk to us about that it's harder to get things published now, so they are doing it online, or they're doing they're getting fans to show how many fans they have, and that way that's how they get published. Tell us a little bit about how you got in to be able to be published at this point. Well, basically, it's the old story of just keep sending it out. I, I actually sent it to a few places. I have even got it accepted at a different publisher at one point, but that kind of fell through. So uh, basically, you just have to be very persistent. Um, the public, the, the publisher I'm doing Life Rage with, Nightscape Press, is a new publisher, and which is kind of cool because they're very enthusiastic and they're very, uh, they're very eager to get the word out. So you kind of want somebody like that in your in your corner. So, th- but um, and then as far as rock and roll, that's going to be put out by Gallows Press, who used to be Sideshow. So they've done a bunch of books as well. So it's just basically a matter of just. Uh, Sending stuff out and just trying to get things going. Hmm. Don't give up. Absolutely not. I mean, because, you know, I had the chance, based on looking at your website and going through a bunch of other uh, older stuff that you've written, to be uh, terminally frightened of you. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Well, I think the opening uh, shot... (laughs) When you log on. <laughs> oh, at the website, yeah. <laughs> that is frightening, I have to say. Well, I, oh. I got to say, I, I logged on to the, your site, and the first thing I thought was like, oh, my God. I, I, I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as this, this, what you were saying about being persistent and not giving up, um, I actually started writing when I was in high school. I sent a few books out to, uh, like, Doc. Publishers. I, I think the first novel I wrote was, was Sword and Sorcery, and I started sending stories out, mainly science fiction and stuff like Asimov's and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I sold my first story when I was in college, and then I didn't sell another story for 15 years. 
And, wow. uh, well, you got to take a break. I mean, come it's, on. <laughs> but in that time, I, I wrote eight novels in that time. So it's not like I wasn't doing anything. But basically, you know, just don't give up. I mean, if, if I could have easily, you know, when I turned 30, I could have said, oh, I don't want to write anymore. Nothing's coming out of this. But uh, basically, you just have to stick with it. If you're really going to do it, you're going to do it. Now you were, while you were writing those novels, uh, you were also doing uh, something called Cinema Knife Fight, and the collection is is available for that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, Cinema Knife Fight is basically me and Michael Aruda. Uh, we both were doing um, movie reviews for a while, mostly horror films, and we decided to do something together, like kind of a Siskel Niebert kind of thing, or I guess Roper Niebert for people who don't remember Siskel. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't. We're old. <laughs> no, we're not that old, bro. Oh, but, yes, we are. <laughs> oh, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically what it is is we uh, we review a movie together, and it's as, as much comedy as it is review, because we also have a lot of like inside jokes. We have characters pop in and out. And um, it's cinemaknifefight.com, and uh, we've been doing it for about six years now. I'm sorry, when you review horror movies, you have to have a sense of humor. Yeah, I, I think it helps. I think it definitely is a good thing. Absolutely, yeah. or else we wouldn't have things like, um, what is it, Fangoria, but not, a, what's the one in Canada? Oh, Rue Morgue. Oh, Rue Morgue is great, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. they have some great, great um I've read some of their reviews, and I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to see this just on their suggestion because oh, the, way, the review is so funny. The way Film Threat used to be. Yes. A million years yeah. ago. When it first started, yeah. Yeah, when it first started. Yes, exactly. When, when Chris Gore wrote every single article. Yes. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let me ask you, what do you think is, what, what's some good horror movies you've seen lately? What should we keep an eye out for? Um, one I saw that was really kind of interesting was The Tall Man. Which is the new movie by the guy who did uh, Martyrs? Did you guys see Martyrs at all? The French movie? No. No. Well, if French, it must be perfect. Oh, I think we've decided that that's <laughs> not true, X. Oh, I think we haven't decided <laughs> hey, that. I'm going to defend French well, horror if, movies because High Tension was French, and it's one of my favorite horror exactly. movies of all time. That I have to see. Well, the only thing we're wrong with oh, the only thing wrong with High Tension though is that the entire plot is intensity from Dean Koontz without any credit. It's the same exact storyline, so I thought that was kind of a the only disappointment about High Tension. I think it was very well made, but to kind of rip off an entire story and not get the guy yeah. credit is kind my of sad. My only other problem with High Tension is that the language switches back and forth. But that's a yeah. for another um, day. As far as, <laughs> as far as martyrs, it's um, it's probably as an intense or more so than audition, and wow. it's. It's definitely a movie I constantly recommend to people, and if you guys haven't seen it, you really should. I think it'll it'll freak you out. It's really? pretty, in, yeah. It's uh, I don't even want to go into it because this guy is so good at kind of pulling the rug underneath from underneath you in his movies. Even even the Tall Man, which is his first American movie, yeah. um, things start out a certain way, and by mi midway through, everything is kind of totally different. So nice. he's, he's a he's a very interesting director. Um, I think it's Pascal Laguerre and. Uh, the Tall Man, the new one, uh, stars Jessica Biel, and it's basically Ooh. a, and you would, <laughs> and she actually gives a really good performance in this one. That's one in a row, but fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a pretty interesting one. 
Um, now, when you I'll, say the tall man, all I can think of is Angus Scrim in the Phantasm movie. Well, that's what most people think, and I think maybe that's um, a problem with the movie. Maybe that was a bad title, but uh, it has nothing to do with Phantasm. Well, it has nothing to do with Phantasm. It has nothing to do with Angus Scrim. It's 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 about a, a person who steals children, and um, halfway through, you find out what's really going on. It's it's actually a really clever, interesting movie, and a lot of the other movies I've seen so far this year that really affected me weren't really necessarily horror. Um, I saw one called Compliance, which I thought was amazing, which is based on an old, um, couple of years back, a story about a person who called into like a McDonald's and got the, the manager there to strip search one of the employees. I remember I if, that. I remember that at all. And yeah. it's actually a pretty amazing movie. Like I think it's, ha it's had a lot of mixed reaction. A lot of people hate it. A lot of people like it, but I think it, I think it, it's really, really good. And there's also this movie called Killer Joe with Matthew McConaughey as a, as a hitman. Are you that, serious? Which is excellent. It's not really. It's actually rated NC-17. It's the first time I've seen him in a decent role that isn't like some kind of idiot. He well, plays that's a hit why I would. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't stand to watch him. Act, well, if he calls that acting, I can't stand to watch <laughs> it because well, he always looks something like I like about him. But, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> I, I like him, but I haven't really liked many of his movies, except maybe for, like, Dazed and Confused, and that's about it. But, uh, yeah. and this one, he plays it very low-key. He's actually very, he doesn't overact. He actually is pretty good. And there's a very uh, intense scene with a with a chicken, with a drumstick that he uses on uh, Gina <laughs> that oh, okay. I think is which I think is why I got an NC-17 rating. Oh, but it's actually, yeah. But it's oh. actually directed by William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist. So, oh, my God. We started a... to go into uh, <laughs> Devil's Rejects territory. I yeah. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Warning: This film contains eleven herbs and spices. <laughs> <laughs> Good what's lord! The, what's the last one that really scared you? Because this is the thing: uh, Dead Redhead here. She's worked with on a George Romero set. Nothing scares her. Except, what was the last well, one? Well, the last thing Paranormal actually, Activity. The, the very first Paranormal Activity scared the crap out of me because I let it. We were sitting in our house with all the lights out, and my poor cat almost got strangled because I was like, I knew what was going to happen. I just knew it. But I love the fact that they barely used any blood. I mean, it was all creep factor. It was all the psychological getting and your head the stuff. Only which is why I loved it. The movie wasn't terrifying. Because I watched it and I was like, no. this is an overacted, it's just not you know what? I, 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 I know what the Blair Witch, yeah. though. I hated B Blair Witch. And I couldn't watch, well, I watched I it. I laughed yeah. Blair Witch. It, it, was gave me, it, gives me, it gave me a friggin' headache because all that bouncing around, I have a really sensitive inner ear problem. I, I have it, a whole issue with so all, of these, all of these found footage movies or, or first person Movies just bug the crap out of me. Uh, they're just not good storytelling a lot of times. That's funny because I actually have enjoyed, I, I would say, about 90% of them. Really? I thought, Clover, <laughs> I thought Cloverfield was great. I liked the, no. um, the Last Exorcist was really good. How did you good. feel about this? What thought, scares you? Um, it was good. The Descent is the, is liked the only it. horror movie I've actually... I couldn't turn it off. I was in the theater. I got up and walked out of the descent because I was so freaked out. Yeah. Really? And I really appreciated the cinematography of it because maybe it was... Yeah, it's a, it is yeah. a really good movie. 
But one thing about you, you were saying about audiences and stuff. Um, one reason why you probably didn't like Paranormal Activity is because it's really the kind of movie you have to see with an audience. It's one of these rare things where actually the audience is so vocal. Usually I hate that. You don't want to go to a movie and have people talking during the movie. But for some reason, during the Paranormal Activity movies, it just adds a whole, a whole another level to the movie. You and know, well, I, I absolutely agree with that because I will tell you, I saw The Ring um, in, a, in a shitty... The theater. original or the you, American remake? The drama. American remake. I saw it oh. in a in a shitty theater on the University of Nebraska campus, and the whole place was just it was an auditorium. There were no seats; they were all uh, folding chairs. And there's uh, one point in the movie. I think I think it's when she comes out of the TV. No, wait, you can't it possibly be that one. It, it's well. a different thing. Maybe, but but. You 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 heard the entire audience, and there were probably about two hundred people there, all jump out of their seats and crash back down onto these rickety uh, metal folding chairs, and you could hear the whole audience just jump, and it was unbelievable. And I I don't think that it's that having watched it again, it's not that scary of a movie. No, it's actually kind of a mediocre movie. It's yeah. kind of a mediocre uh, movie, but I was so caught up in it when I saw it in that environment. That that you know I, I was completely freaked out, and when you know right Paranormal Activity I watched you know in my apartment, and see, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, unless you see that in the theater, you're not going to really love it. That's it. You need you need the right oh. set of circumstances and and the right kind of. It's almost uh, like Rocky Horror. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Rocky Horror is the exact same way. You watch yeah. it uh, in your. You house watch it by yourself. It sucks. Yeah. And, and well, I I mean it's an okay movie. It's yeah. Funny. It's it's. I mean it's just. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. La la la. But you go to see it with in a live show, and it's amazing. It's an experience no, unlike the first any other. Time I saw when we went to go based see on the audience. I was watching it with, I was actually kind of terrified the whole time because I was watching it with my mother. <laughs> but I don't, I, but yeah. Yeah, you know, watching any movie with my parents pretty much makes it horrible. So, One of recent, recent things we thought uh, that X and I thought was really fun with an audience is when we saw Jason versus Freddy. Oh, because we Freddy, walked yeah. in and the place was completely packed. Midnight it was so show. packed. Midnight show. We had to sit down front and just as the lights start, we were like, oh, we're with a bunch of frat people. This is going to suck. They're going to just make noise and everything. As the lights started to go down, somebody yelled out, people are going to die! And the whole place just went into hysterics and it was so much fun after that yeah and that's and that's a pretty awful movie so in that, case, in that case the audience probably helped a lot it did, <laughs> it did. absolutely yeah. did. we're like look over there you know <laughs> hey listen we could we could do this for another hour and perhaps we should at some point so i mean l you know if you want to come back and talk about horror movies at some point oh should, no problem yeah we should absolutely do that. Anyhow, if you want to see LL Source and you want to read his book, we're going to send you links. We're going to uh, have them on the uh, on the website. How you can get his new book, Life Rage, which sounds really creepy. You can see him at Rock and Shock in a couple of uh, gosh, that's in a couple of weeks now, isn't it? Yeah, really. It's only next month. Yeah. Oh. Uh -huh. Anyhow, thank you for joining us on the show. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and listening to you, and uh, you got to have you back at some point. You guys are a lot of fun. I, I was really nice to meet you all. 
<laughs> so X, what have we got going for the next couple of weeks, my friend? And and oh, we've got well, we've got some surprises in the next few weeks. Things are being discussed, deals are being made, but at the very least, confirmed for October twentieth for our three-year anniversary show. Author Spider Robinson will be here. Yay! Absolutely. <laughs> See, that's what we mean by an audience participation here. <laughs> and then I think October I think that we should do some different audience participation with uh, with Spider Robinson. Okay, we'll be we'll be we'll be taking uh, concept ideas after the show. <laughs> and on October twenty seventh, con season's not over yet. Sue Soars, no relation to LL, shares the guest list for this year's Rhode Island Comic Con. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, and of ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music. <laughs> provided by the traffic lights. <laughs> nice, nice. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at robwattsonline.com. Dome. I want to thank LL Source for joining us tonight and, and our soundboard uh, for crapping out. <laughs> Wait, you guys can't hear it because the broken you. song. <laughs> okay, no, we haven't heard it at all. <laughs> From the Revere Time Vortex, I want to thank uh, Zomperian for taking care of Kriana while she has the rickets tonight. Oh, thank you, my welcome. darling. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, a great thanks to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. Well, now I'm going to have nightmares. I'm, <clears throat> I'm still creepy. <laughs> <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey, our gaming editor, Awake by Java. Nice to have you with us again tonight, my friend. Absolutely, anytime. This is the dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night. And then we can we heard music. But we don't. Part of it. <laughs>